You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. It's time to talk about the Green Bay Packers. This is the 100th episode of your Packers Update, The Daily Cheese, brought to you by Packernet.com. The Daily Cheese is a collaboration with the Packernet Podcast, produced by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp, and I'm your host, J.J. Leahy. You can follow me on Twitter, at J.J. Leahy, to stay up to date on all things Packers, or to submit questions, or to wish me a happy birthday. It's not my birthday, but it is the 100th episode of this podcast. Really exciting. I started it back in June. Big thanks to Ryan Schlipp, the Pack Daddy, for producing the show, making this all possible, exposing me to his audience, which made it possible for me to land the No Huddle radio gig over with Packerstalk.com as well. If you haven't checked that out, it goes live every Friday morning. It's a lot of fun. The infamous Gil Martin and I do deep dives on the Packers, especially during the season. We give game previews of upcoming opponents. Also, want to thank Coach Hahn for his contributions during the regular season as he appeared on a bunch of episodes giving us his previews and analysis of game film. If you wouldn't mind going over to iTunes, search for The Daily Cheese and leave me a five-star review. That would be really awesome. Many of you are listening to The Daily Cheese on Packernet Podcast. Hopefully, you have already left a five-star review for Ryan over there, but it would be really cool if you also went and left The Daily Cheese its own five-star review on The Daily Cheese show page. So you can either search Daily Cheese in iTunes or you can go to dailycheese.news slash Apple Podcasts and it'll take you there as well. Breaking news. Preston Smith will definitely be a Packer in 2021. Tom Silverstein broke the news first that in addition to adjusting Adrian Amos' deal, the Packers also altered Preston Smith's deal to lower his salary cap number. Ian Rappaport is the one who brought us the news, however, that it was in fact a significant pay cut for Preston. Two weeks ago, Gutekind said Preston has played a lot of really good football for us, and we'd certainly like to have him back next year. He's under contract, so we certainly expect him to be back. Turns out he was telling the truth. Now, he was waiting on Russ Ball and Preston's agent to work out a pay cut, but I do think it's high time that we start taking Gutekind at his word. How many times now has he told us exactly what he plans to do, and we assume he's lying? My question is, who the heck hurt us so badly? So remember, before any of this changed, Preston was going to count $16.5 million against the cap this year. Cutting him would have left $8.5 million dead cap, freeing up $8 million. In total, all the cuts to Preston's contract come to $7.25 million, meaning cutting him outright would have only saved an additional $750,000. So you get all the benefits of cutting Preston Smith, but you also get to actually actually have him play for just $750,000. So first off, credit where credit is due. Russ Ball is a wizard. Many of you know who Russ Ball is, but for those who don't, he is the vice president and director of football operations in Green Bay. He's the guy who does all the contracts. Gutekunst scouts the talent. Ball handles the contract side. So here's the new adjusted contract for Preston Smith. His total salary will be $8 million. This includes a $1 million base salary, $200,000 workout bonus, $300,000 in what's called 46 mans, and $6.5 million signing bonus. 46 mans. Since the 2011 season, each team can identify 46 active and 7 inactive players before each game. Actually, it's 48 now, but many people still say 46. Presumably just out of habit. So basically, this stupid term just means that if Preston is active for a game, he gets a bonus. So why did Preston agree to take a pay cut? Well, two reasons. First, this new deal actually is very incentive-laden. Two years ago, Preston had 12 sacks. Last year, he had four. 
If he gets six sacks this year, he earns an additional $500,000. Then in addition to that, if he reaches eight sacks, he gets an additional $750,000. For 10 sacks, another $750,000. For 12 sacks, $1.2 million. And for 14, another $1.2. So in total, if he hits 14 sacks, he can earn an additional $14.4 million. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Now, as far as I know, these incentives do not count against this year's cap. They would count against next year. So a quick overview. He can earn $4.4 million in incentives if he has a really good season. His base salary drops down to $1 million, but his total cap hit for this year comes to $8.25 million. Cutting him would have saved $8 million, but instead they get to keep him and also save $7.25 million. That right there is just a masterful job by Russ Ball. Now, Preston's cap hit does go up in 2022, but if the Packers decide to move on from him next year, they can still save $12.5 million. So, Preston sticks around. We get a third year of the Smith Bros and Rashawn Gary. It is worth noting that Preston Smith has historically always alternated between good years and bad years, so one would expect this to be a good year for him again. And in fact, Gudikins himself mentioned it. He said, look, Preston's been doing this ever since Washington. Now, I mentioned there was another reason why Preston would agree to this. That would be that it's unlikely he was going to get a better deal from another team if he did walk in free agency, since he did have such a bad 2020 season. And the salary cap is so compressed right now, and there are quite a few good pass rushers out on the market. I listed them and their prices recently when I was discussing why a team might want to trade for Preston instead of waiting for him to hit the free market. So your big question, of course, now is, what's the Packers salary cap situation? Well, there's two different answers floating out there right now, but first... It's worth noting that while the Packers are still over the cap, they are now just barely over, and they are, in fact, the team closest to being back to zero. Behind them are the Buccaneers at $9.6 million over the cap. Falcons have 10.4. Saints are 17.1. Eagles, 18 and a quarter. Bears are still 19 and a quarter. And the Rams have now moved up to $33.9 million over the cap. I'm not sure what move they just made that did that. But somewhere, the Bears and Rams just added massive cap hits. Leapfrogging the Saints, who have been in the worst position in the league for a very long time. At one point, they were over $100 million over the cap. They are now just $17 million over the cap. I don't know what the Rams did, but the Bears, I know, franchise tagged Allen Robinson. That clearly contributed to this. But circling back to the Packers, according to OverTheCap.com, the Packers are $2.35 million over the cap. According to Ken Ingles, who usually is a little bit more accurate than over the cap is, the Packers are only at $1.27 million over the cap. He notes that the Packers freed up $8.12 million yesterday by Preston taking a pay cut, restructuring Adrian Amos, and waiving John Lovett. 
One more bit of news for those of you who haven't heard, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did sign an extension with Tom Brady. I'm not going to explain it because I don't understand it. It makes my head spin. It's a $4 million contract, but apparently includes voidable years. I believe the purpose of that is you can spread out a signing bonus over years that you don't actually have the player on your team. According to Tom Pelissero, Brady's new contract with the Bucks is another two-year, $50 million deal, but $41 million is due in 2021 and just 8.9 in 2022. He says there are three voidable years, so maybe it's a five-year deal. My guess is that $41 million is mostly going to be signing bonus, which would be spread out in probably about $8 million a year for five years, including those voidable years. So what does that mean? Well, Tom Brady is going to be with Tampa Bay. They are projecting for two more years, which sucks. The Buccaneers will also free up quite a bit of money this year, allowing them to re-sign more players and get under the cap, which also sucks. And then once Brady does leave, the Buccaneers will have to continue paying him for many years to come after he's off the team. That does it for today. For more in-depth analysis and a look at Packers strategy, make sure you're subscribed to the Packernet Podcast, hosted by the Pack Daddy, Ryan Schlipp. Keep up on all the Green Bay Packers news by going to packernet.com and join the Packernet Podcast Facebook group. Thank you for listening through 100 episodes. My name is JJ Leahy, and this has been The Daily Cheese, your Green Bay Packers news update.